Welcome to Aspire to Rise, where we are teaming up to serve leaders and help them process through a challenge they're facing. I'm Joshua Stamper. And I'm Sarah Johnson. Now let's ascend to new leadership heights together. Welcome back, Joshua. Here we are again, and now in the month of January and a whole new year. How are you feeling, my friend? Well, this is episode five. I'm feeling great. Can't believe you're still sticking around with me. I know it's weird. I was I have commitment issues and to get to the fifth episode is pretty solid for us. I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Plus, we have an excellent guest. So I'm excited to talk to her, too. We totally do. Hey, before we get to her, though, I'm curious, what's 2021 been like for you, my friend? Well, can I just go back to the last day of 2020? I had some exciting news. I actually got to turn in my first manuscript of the book aspire to lead. So I'm pretty excited about that because it was, well, as you know, you're an author. Um, That's, that's a big project and one that I'm very glad to get completed, at least to the first stage. I'd say it feels so refreshing to have it done, but you feel like you've definitely gone through this labor of love, correct? Yes. It's definitely been a challenge. And it's funny because I don't love writing and I hate saying that as someone who just wrote a book, but the experience was so rewarding because, you know, this, the reflection process, there's not too much time where I actually sit down and reflect on things that have happened in my past. And this gave me the opportunity to do that. And I found so much value in that. It's really affirming too, for your leadership journey, I'm sure. Yeah. That happened for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> the other piece that I wanted to hear from you, well, we'll see in a couple months when you get your edits back. <laughs> yeah. if you, that it's so, feels so good. There's nothing like submitting a manuscript because it is, and even for somebody like me who was an English teacher and I love to write, it's to find joy in writing. That whole process of putting together a book is massive. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy. No. <laughs> it's, no. Yeah. it's such hard work. Well, I'm so excited and I cannot wait to see when, when can we expect that? When are your listeners and mine going to be able to get their hot little hands on that thing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm thinking it's coming out in the fall. That's kind of my gauge. So probably in like nine months. For those who don't know, it's it's kind of a lengthy process as far as the editing and the focus groups and the, you know, creating the cover. And there's a lot of steps to that process. There are, but oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you. So thanks for sharing that. That's really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. What about you, Sarah? What have you been up to? Oh, <laughs> killing 2021 already <laughs> nothing as exciting as that my goodness i'm you know i'm sitting on a pretty hot decision i've talked to you behind the scenes i yes. have had this exciting and scary decision of whether or not i'm going to move off of getting my terminal degree as an ed specialist or completing mm-hmm. it as a doctoral candidate so i have to finalize that decision coming up soon. And that's been weighing on me a little bit. And I'm sure that listeners can kind of relate those of you that have done that or those of you that have been deciding about it for the longest time I was on the camp that I didn't care about having, you know, those initials and and I had some strong feelings kind of against going the doctoral program route. And sure. As listeners of my podcast know, I've gotten a spiritual directive that is pushing me toward that. So I know I can't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it'll be an interesting, interesting take to see how that rolls forward. And that's about that's kind of the stuff that's really spending my energy right now, my mental energy. So me and Kelly are going to coach you through that in Aspire to Rise. Awesome. I can't wait. So let's <laughs> let's meet Kelly. Hey Kelly. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Kelly McMahon. I am a fifth grade teacher currently. Uh, in the Onalaska School District in Wisconsin. And I have been teaching now for eight years. I am going to Viterbo University for my principal licensure and then also my director of instruction license. So 
I already have my master's and through getting my master's, I was recommended to go into curriculum work, which I kind of have been recommended a few times and I just finally decided to take the plunge. So here I am working towards getting my director of instruction license, which is my ultimate goal to work in curriculum work in a district somewhere. So that is kind of where I'm at in my career development. We're so happy that you're here and you kind of took the words out of our mouth. And we, we always ask what your dream job is. I love that you're getting the licenses yeah. at the same time. Ultimately, what would that look like for you if you had that dream job? I've kind of bounced back and forth between a few things. So I, I have a really strong passion for math. Um, and I've had a lot of professional development in math curriculum, the standards specifically through different kind of areas in Wisconsin. And so math is a strong passion of mine, but I also have a strong passion for environmental studies. And we take a field trip, our fifth graders do, to an environmental learning center in Minnesota every year. And last year they had an opening for their curriculum instructor at the environmental learning center. And that was something that kind of caught my eye too. And I've been looking at some environmental learning centers kind of around Wisconsin and Minnesota, just because that also is something I'm interested in. And I don't have as much background though. That would be one thing I, I would like more background on environmental studies, but I am interested in it. Kelly, you had me at Minnesota. I think that's a wonderful decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. that is one thing I, I don't know anything about though. The difference in, you know, leadership and administration in Minnesota. I've been trying to kind of look into, you know, what it takes to move your license over or to get a license. And I, I don't know anything about that process. So we'll have to see. Yeah. So you talked about the curriculum piece, but, and then you just had administration. So are you looking potentially at administration also, or just in the curriculum realm? I would like to do something in the curriculum realm at the district level. So I, I guess it wouldn't be necessarily considered administration, but definitely a more of a district level position mm -hmm. um, in curriculum and instruction work. That's awesome. Joshua, I know you threw on that Minnesota reference, but we're, we're both have Minnesota running through our veins <laughs> at some point, right? So we had to do that. It's true. Love it. All great things lead to Minnesota. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say my favorite place in the world is my family's cabin in Minnesota. So I, I would be totally fine living somewhere near there. This is, this is becoming one of my favorite episodes of all time. So I, I just <laughs> love the direction we're going. I think so. at some point we're going to have to have a aspire to rise reunion in Minnesota and we'll go to <laughs> visit Paul Bunyan for sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Kelly, obviously we have you on Aspire to Rise so that we can process together through a leadership challenge in a way that would benefit all three of us as well as our listeners. So do you want to go ahead and frame it up for us in terms of what you were wanting to chat about tonight? Yes, just kind of I'll touch a little bit on my background and where I'm currently working. And I think that'll lead into my my challenge. I am from the district that I work in. So I grew up in the Onalaska area. I went to school in the Onalaska School District. I know many of the teachers that still work here. Um, my brother and sister then came after me probably eight years. I think my brother is eight years younger than me. So pretty far apart, but my family's well known in the community. I know the community really well. I did multiple uh, field placements in Onalaska and student teaching in Onalaska. And I've spent most of my teaching career in Onalaska. And so something that I think about a lot when I look at position openings, even just in Wisconsin, 
I think about that challenge of developing trust in a district where I'm brand new. So I know the Onalaska community well. I know people in the community and people know me. And so trying to develop some of that trust in a brand new district and build some of those relationships is something that I am just a little bit worried about. Just do I have the skills um, and how do you kind of build some of those relationships in a community and area where people don't know you and you don't really know the history of the community or the district and how do you do it quick enough? You know, because your first year is big and Yes, you can spend a lot of time learning, but you can't spend like I have spent it on Alaska, you know, 20 years learning. So, Kelly, it sounds like you have a really deep understanding and experience at your current district. And now you're potentially moving up and moving to a new district. And you're just wondering, how would you build and gain trust and relationships within that new district? Is that correct? Yes, just that said, um, like at a decent pace, you know, you can you can't spend five years building all of that, like how do you do some of it quick enough where that you can have an impact within a little while? Totally. So what we don't like to do is pretend as if we have every single answer and that you haven't thought about this. So just curious to this point, what strategies out of your own mind do you think would serve in this context? What are some things that you've thought about? One of the biggest things that kind of I think about from all of the experience I've had through the Viterbo program is just the conversations around, you know, spending, especially that first year, just kind of being, being a good listener, digging into kind of the history of the community, spending time at community events, and just within the community, getting to know businesses, talking to people that live there, and people that have been there for a while, and just, you know, spending a lot of that first year learning. So then kind of what are the next steps, I guess, after you know, you've spent a lot of time learning and that's kind of where I get stuck. I understand those pieces, but how do you move forward? Kelly, I'm curious, have you ever experienced something similar, but just in a different setting, like outside of the educational world? Not necessarily. I, my only other job growing up was I worked at a local coffee shop and I'm still considered an employee there since 2005. So <laughs> I celebrated my 15th year there. So I tend to, I tend to um, like just put deep roots wherever I am. And so I, I haven't had a lot of experience with that. I did get one other, I had one other job in college at just a, a, a campus job, I guess. And so, but it wasn't, you know, I, it wasn't like I was trying to put my roots in somewhere where I didn't plan to be. Right. Hmm. This makes me smile because I also know something about you is I, I just want to be clear that the listeners can hear a beautiful picture of you because it's not like you've never left the town. <laughs> You're a traveler, right? Like you enjoy travel and getting out and you've got worldly views. Um, but this is just a new experience for you professionally, it sounds like, which is interesting. Yes, I, uh, I say I do like to travel. Um, I spent some of my college years at the U of M in uh, the cities in Minnesota. I definitely do. I like to travel. My husband and I have been to Europe a couple times. We've taken our daughter both times. She was eight months once and two <laughs> years at the other time. And so I, I love to go all over the place. I like to learn about different cultures. So it's not necessarily a fear of of 
learning anything new or experiencing something new. It's truly just, it's just that idea of like, I feel like a lot of the trust and relationships that I have here in Alaska are because of the time that I've spent here. And so I haven't necessarily had to um, develop new relationships quickly in a, especially in a professional setting. I love it. And it just, I love just learning this about you. You and I have had connections for been a little over a year and I feel like I've gotten to know you, but I'm learning you in a different level when I think about the value of the roots that you're talking about planting deeper roots. And I think that's really beautiful. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Okay. So interestingly enough, I think it'd just be funny because when I hear your experiences and I think about my own experience, I am Joshua is going to be able to take that to a whole other level. But, you know, I, I don't even know what it would be like to lead. And I'm sure it has its own challenges in the context that you're in because I've, I moved to be like where my husband grew up, even though we're 45 minutes away from that. So he doesn't have that dynamic either. But I've never worked in a community where I had such deep roots. And in fact, I've never even worked in the community in which I reside in, which is interesting. It's always been in other learning communities or a little bit of a commute. So out of curiosity, what do you think if you were to lead in the district? I'm just going to turn this on its head before Joshua and I kind of start going on this. What do you think would be some of the challenges because of all those roots? Have you thought deeply about that? I have. So that would be another reason, I guess, why I considering moving out of the district, even though I don't necessarily want to. So I love the district that I work in, but I definitely think there are challenges. One, I I don't think I could ever necessarily be in a like an evaluative role of people who were once my peers. I think that that would be really difficult. Uh, also, my mother teaches at one of the schools as well. So that would be probably not even allowed <laughs> so I don't know. I, I could see myself doing or gaining some leadership experience through like a coaching kind of position, but not necessarily my dream job, such as like a curriculum position, you know, moving into something like that. I think some of the challenges, the biggest challenges would just be that if it was any kind of evaluative or, you know, when you think about the respect piece and just moving from more of the peer respect to to a leadership type of respect, I think would be a tough transition to make with some people um, in the district as well. So I think that that would be hard too. And I think that that's why I'm kind of looking at other districts, even though I love Onalaska so much and I have these deep roots, would be why I might, I'm trying to kind of branch out. I think there's some good tactics, but Joshua, you want to talk a little bit about your thoughts? I joked about Minnesota because I lived in Minnesota for 17 years and it's a place that I love and I still have family there. But at the time, the economy was crashing and there were just no jobs up there, no teaching jobs. And so took the plunge and absolutely knew nobody. I'd, I'd networked and found some um, old college friends down in Texas um, and through their network was able to get an interview and in, in what was my first teaching job. And I'll be honest, it was it was hard. It was, you know, moving a thousand miles away in a completely different state in a, in an area that I knew absolutely nobody except for, you know, my two friends. And of course my wife was, was there with our daughter, but that being said, like everything was different in the sense that even the acronyms were changed. I mean, you name it, it was different. And anyone that's been in the state of Texas knows like (laughs) the culture is just completely different too. So all that was just a complete shock to my system. And 
Kelly, I think you hit it on the head. Like it does take time to learn your new setting and the procedures and the processes that um, occur, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like to get true relationships, it does take a little bit of time. And so the first year is really for all of my times that I've moved because I've been in multiple districts, I've been at multiple campuses. And I will honestly say that it took one year to really gain authentic relationships and to then find trust in those relationships and then also to start the networking process. But as far as like it being a quick process, I don't think that's possible. Like if it's, if it's a true relationship and authentic, like I said, I don't think that's possible. Now, as far as making connections, that's different, you know, networking and making connections that can happen on day one. And that's what I would say is if you're moving into another district or a new position, there's nothing wrong with making connections and there's nothing wrong with taking a position to then get to your dream job because most likely to get to what you were talking about, like you just said it yourself, you don't have experience for what you need to get in that position, but you know, your next job may give you that experience to then get to your dream job. So um, it may take a few steps in the process to get to where you want to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. All it's going to give you is more connections and more new experiences to help you in your leadership journey. Yeah. So Joshua, I'm hearing from you that it it is going to take time (laughs) to build those relationships. And I would reiterate that and say, you know, my first teaching experience, again, having moved here and knowing zero people, I taught in the Mm -hmm. same learning community. It was a 45 minute commute, but for eight years and that place became my family. You know, once you start getting, you know, siblings as students and you get cousins and you understand families, that was probably the closest I've ever had, Kelly. And there's a part of me that deeply envies the roots that you have in the learning community that you're in. Yes. Um, because there's connections and bonds that just transcend so much when you can have that type of a feel in a school. And in my administrative positions, it was it always kind of felt like the outside, you know, looking in. And I think that was good for a lot of things. Um, but I also have known people who have been able to lead in the schools, you know, that they grew up in, graduated from kind of that that same scenario. So there's some beauty there too. And I think, by the way, Kelly, if you were to be approached and offered a position this next year, I know you could do it in on Alaska. I just want you to hear that. Mm. I believe that thousand percent. That's very kind to say. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's true. And I know you've been doing leadership there. You know, you've been on leading PLCs, correct? I mean, you've been at the leadership table Yes, I I find myself on many committees, so I'm... Yeah, and part of it, you know, that I like so much that you pointed out that evaluative piece, it would be the challenge. And that absolutely is, yes, going to be a challenge. But so, you know, we'll see what what rolls, right? I love hearing, Joshua, that you say it it takes some time. What have been some of your go-to strategies, Joshua, for you to start that trust building? Because you are the expert here. How many different (laughs) buildings have you been in our districts? (laughs) Oh, let's, so two districts, but uh, four campuses. <laughs> so, okay. and I was at three different campuses in three different years. So, I mean, that was a that was a culture shock in itself, because as as we all know, every building has its own life and its own you know challenges and strengths. So, you know, for me, I just felt like every interaction that I had was so important because if it was two minutes or thirty minutes, you know, it was something where I had to make sure that I was finding value in that time and making sure that I was making a connection with the person that I was speaking to and to try and build trust as quickly as possible and to make sure that I was helping 
And I think as a leader, that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to serve in the best you can. And so I was trying to speed up the process as, as much as possible because I didn't know how long I was going to be on the campus. And that, especially the year I was a dean of students, because typically you're not in that position for a long period of time. So you know, I was really intentional about every time I spoke to someone, I wanted to make sure it was a positive interaction with them. But the other thing, Kelly, I think you said it was going outside of your classroom, going outside of your building, trying to get on committees and, you know, trying to find ways to be connected to the district or to your own community. I think that's so important is you can't just go into your office or just go into your classroom and then stay there. That shouldn't be where you stop. You need to make sure that you're going out and branching out and and making connections with other people um, outside of your own building. That's good. So, um, Kelly, I just want to share with you a little bit about my experience. Um, You know, I, as a principal role, so going from that teacher leader to the administrative world, there is, it's like drinking from a fire hose. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Yes. Um, my transition <laughs> from teaching, I was a high school English teacher alongside some like district curriculum roles that I was serving in a tiny school. I was the only English teacher into an elementary principal role. So can you even first imagine that? Like what people were looking at me going, well, who are you? What's going on? Plus I was hired uh, Labor Day <laughs> weekend. So I was straddling the line of teaching for the first oh. two weeks of school and then trying to be a elementary principal for the first time. So I would say my entry was not ideal. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) building relationships was hard from the get-go. I feel that's the case actually Mm -hmm. in every time I entered. Um, It almost feels unfair sometimes when I think about it and not that I'm complaining about that, but unfair to the staff. You know, they didn't get a chance to get to know me deeply either because it was like hit the ground running hard, you know, by the time you're in that the other district that I worked in, I was there for four years and that's a whole other story in terms of the entry there. But, um, but yeah, by the fourth year, it was like, Ooh, I feel like I have some history here, you know, for graduating classes and the connections, but it takes time. Um, but I know that you want some tactical strategies and I'm so excited that I actually feel like we've got something for you. Kelly, what do you think? Are you ready to hear a strategy or two? Yes. I, well, I'm picking up on some of the things you guys are saying already. So <laughs> I'm not saying that we're not like strategists, right? But nobody ever uh, in my upbringing into the principalship, nobody ever gave this gift to me. And in fact, I was telling Joshua this, that this was emphasized in my superintendency program. And I did create a 90 day entry plan for my practicum for that. But it's not something that was ever brought to my attention as the principal world. But I do believe this will serve you and anybody listening who's thinking about entering into a new location, a new job, whatever, it really is applicable to a lot of different circumstances. But there's something called the 90-day entry plan. And you can Google it. You're going to find multiple resources. But I went and pulled three for us to talk about. And one of them is, one is from Justin Bader. He is the Principal Center. You can find him on principalcenter.com. He has Principal Center Radio, always great resources. And in fact, he has a downloadable template and a PowerPoint that he uh, has right there. And we'll link it in the show notes. But here's what I love about it is that um, I believe in intentionality. It's kind of the message that served me to get me out of my scatterbrain Enneagram 7 world (laughs) where I have to be task focused. And when you create a 90-day entry plan, it first of all, it's getting you to do some background information. So like you said, Kelly, you don't really know about the school. Well, a good way to do that, you know, is making sure that before you even get to an interview that you're looking at their data and, you know, and you're looking at um, the school website is a decent way to, to gain information, but you can 
be a little bit of a stalker, not creepy, you know, but to get to know <laughs> what they have going on, you know, everything you've been taught doing data analysis and things like that. But then inside of that, your first 90 to 100 days is going to be focused on relationship building and knowledge gathering. And what I love about it is you do something like this. It means that you're being intentional about creating voluntary meetings with staff with students and with parents, with your secretary and custodial crew. Like you don't just come in and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm the new principal on campus. Let's go. <laughs> like there's some intentionality of having some one-on-one listening sessions, right? And so I'll direct you to that resource, but I'll also tell you that you could go deeper here. And actually, since I know you said, okay, what happens beyond that? You know, and if and if you're thinking within that first year you want to be efficient, then do it in phases. Do 90-day cycles, right? So for what's the first 90 days look like? What's the second 90 days look like? And what's that final phase? And just really be intentional about having that be relationship-based and follow-up-based and then knowledge gathering. And another good resource that we'll link is a, a blog post by Ross Cooper. He is a principal, I believe, in New York State, if he's still doing that. <laughs> Author, Joshua, what did he write? Is he hacking project-based learning? Yes, that's correct. All right. So he's got a nice summarizing blog that I'm going to send you, Kelly. But I love this quote. He's uh, what he did was he read the first 90 days, which is by Michael Watkins. And again, that's about entering any organization within the first 90 days. And a lot of this is the tactical stuff that I just very quickly kind of breeze through. This is a quote he pulled from there. For leaders joining new organizations, it helps to think of yourself as an anthropologist sent to study a newly discovered civilization. <laughs> and I like that. But it's so true, right? So like you're going to do those qualitative meetings with people and you're going to do a lot of listening. And so your key goals are to establish relationships and to learn about the school history, right? Because you don't know that yet. And you can't find that out on the school website. You got to spend time doing that when you're there. Really good. He has some tactical um, tips about setting up 40 minute meetings with teachers, with staff, uh, with the superintendent. And he has some specific questions that he would send out ahead of time. Tell me about yourself. What are you most proud of at this particular school? If you were the principal, what would your priorities be? What questions do you have? Now, I don't, I mean, for me, I will tell you that one of the best strategies I ever did, and nobody again ever told me to do this, Kelly, (laughs) was 10-minute meetings, 10-minute face-to-face meetings with my staff. Now, they always went a little longer than 10 minutes. And the reason I say that is because, man, you're so busy. Oh, The learning curve is so steep when you're first brought on to an organization. But having that face-to-face time one-on-one is huge. And then I would do it, you know, in those 90 day cycles. So you might have three meetings outside of any evaluation or, you know, instruction, just getting to know people and listening. It's going to be huge. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Could I ask a question? Yes, please. I guess what I was wondering as you were speaking, what I was thinking about was you have that important piece about, you know, getting to know the history of the district and getting to know the staff members, those 10 minute conversations. And I I think you both touched on it a little bit, but I wondered when it comes to prioritizing 
where would you put, you know, kind of getting to know community and businesses outside of the district, mm-hmm. not just outside of like, you know, your building, <laughs> um, but really truly like outside of the school district in general and moving to that community piece? Like, is that something that's even like, how possible is it to build some of those relationships even within the first year? Or is that more of a goal for the second year? I don't know, or how much overlaps? So when I was a dean of students, I was um, thrust into a very new community. It was on the north side of Dallas. And so the the best thing that my principal did was she just threw me in the car and we just drove around the community. And then we did a series of, of home visits. And she brought me to all the, the different neighborhoods and the apartment complexes. And it was just a day to get my senses of like what the lines were, but then also like building relationships already and, and getting introduced as a administrator to a new community. And that, that's just an experience I, I always remember. And it was so powerful because I just soaked in that day of trying to get as much information as possible. And, and those relationships, you know, were started on that day. So, you know, when I needed resources or when I needed to call parents for difficult challenges, that relationship had already started before I was even day one of the school. And so I think it is possible. I don't, I don't know if that should be like your, your main focus. Cause again, like Sarah said, it is drinking from a fire hose because every day was overwhelming. There wasn't one day where I wasn't just getting so much information and I was absolutely mm-hmm. worn out because everything was so different, but I think it's possible. It truly is. And then by year three, you know, when you are trying to, you know, create those um, projects and you have those initiatives that you're, you're leading and you're reaching out to the community. I mean, those those relationships are already established and there's already trust and they already have an experience with you, a positive one. And so I think it does need to happen in year one. I just don't think it's it's to the level that you could have or should have. You know, you're obviously going to get a deeper relationship the, the longer you're and established within um, your organization. I think it's such a good question, Kelly, because I think about context too. And if I could turn back time, which you're all welcome and lucky I didn't sing the share version. I really wanted to. I stopped myself. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. One of the things that I wouldn't have done in my most recent post was take for granted the fact that I'd been living in a nearby community because I'm literally six miles away from the one I was leading in. And I made a lot of assumptions about the fact that, you know, I shop in this community, I eat dinner in this community, you know, all these things, my kids go to dance and all these things. There was still deeper knowledge that I needed to be intentional about gaining that I didn't start gaining until I think it was a little bit too late for me. If I could go back, I would have been more intentional about that. Um, So I do think that there's space for it, especially in the tiny communities in rural Wisconsin, if you end up in one of those outside of Onalaska, you know, and I think these are shared duties between superintendents and, and principals and district leaders that can, you know, you can carry that load because it gets to be a lot. But you know, like for me, I know we decided that everybody was going to be a part of one committee um, in the community. And so, you know, like the elementary principal is on the library board and the public library board and stuff like that. There's something that is really worth that because there is a connection, as you well know, that um, pays itself (laughs) when you're working in public service to be connected. Um, And so a couple of tips, though, I think you could put in your first year, um, you know, riding along with the uh, law enforcement was huge for me um, because you're going (laughs) to, for better or for worse, um, you're going to be working with law enforcement in your role as an administrator if you're building principal. And so just, you know, getting that ride around and seeing the community, but also just gaining that relationship while you're doing that was very valuable 
valuable in one of the roles that I did. And, and so, you know, things like that can really serve you and kind of till two birds at one stone. Does that make sense? And then also going out instead of coming in. So mm-hmm. as a leader, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you're going out into the community and reaching them where they're at instead of always inviting them to come to the campus. Such a great question. You know, you, you make me think a lot about, uh, again, we can sit here and yes. say, you should do this and should do that. But mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I do think that having an intentional plan keeps you accountable for it, though. So then it can't fall off the plate on the things that you know you should do mm-hmm. <laughs> versus what you end up doing when you're bone tired and get done with the day. Great question. What do you think are the next steps for you, Kelly, within your challenge? I think... For me personally, I think that some of these strategies are things uh, I like some of the specific structured things like the plan. I like the idea of driving around and the home visits. And I think that those will be things that help me feel a bit more comfortable applying to possibly applying to districts outside of maybe my my comfort area of on Alaska. So I, I think that they're great strategies and I think that they'll they'll help me with building some of those relationships in maybe a district that I, I don't quite know as much about yet. Awesome. Well, we, we will be sure to link those, um, those resources. I'll link the first 90 days, Ross Cooper's blog and the principal center, um, so that you can, you know, grab a template of that if that interests you to pre-plan. Well, thank you both so much for having me and for talking through this with me. Yeah, I've never really had a conversation like this before about some of those challenges. So it was really neat to talk it through. So thank you. Absolutely. Pleasure was all ours and best of best wishes as you enter into this space of the exciting time of applying and gaining into your titled role. You're going to be awesome. It was a true honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Kelly. Well, thank you. (laughs) Sarah just launched an individual and group-based coaching service and more information is linked in the show notes. If you would like to work with me as an individual coach, you can reach me through my website at joshstamper.com and click contact. Join us again next month where we will share our conversations with another wonderful leader. Until then, keep reaching for new heights and striving to be better.